Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again, we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And uh, we're going to talk about the kingdom of God in relationship to the news because the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is not something coming in 2,000 years after Christ. The kingdom of God was there. It was present. It was functioning. It was doing what Christ said to do. It was appointed and it was established. And it was actually reestablished because the kingdom was taken away from people not doing what Moses said. They thought they were, but they were not doing what Moses said. And so Christ came to take the kingdom away from them and give it to those who would bear fruit. Today in America, today in the world, most of what is posing as Christianity is not doing what Jesus Christ said to do. Today, in the United States, in Australia, in Israel, in Europe, in the Soviet Union, people who say they are Jews are not doing what Moses said to do again. So, so who is on the side of the Lord? Christ was on the side of the Lord. Moses was on the side of the Lord. Christ was Lord. But Christ said to do certain things and not to do other things. And people are ignoring him and doing the opposite. So all the problems that you see in the world today are a result of the fact that people are not doing what Christ said to do. People who say they are Christians are not doing what Christ said to do. They are false Christians, and there's a lot of reasons for that. One is false news, false education, uh, false uh, churches, uh, apostasy in uh, spades. It's just uh, unbelievable. And so the world looks like it's gone a little bit crazy. So there's a few things. I just looked at an announcement that came over the New York group. And anyone in up in the area of Massachusetts, there's going to be a rally on that is dealing with the problem of upcoming forced vaccinations. There are large numbers of people who want to force vaccinations on everybody in America. And, of course, that exists in other countries as well. It's going to be a new kind of vaccine that has never been approved for human use before. It will be a synthetic vaccine. It's been a long time in coming. But it has not been tested for a long time. And nobody, nobody has any idea of the long-term effects of an entirely nanoparticle manufactured synthetic vaccine. They have been moving in that direction for dozens and dozens of years, decades upon decades, because they knew from the beginning before they even came out with a polio vaccine, that there was a extreme danger that other viruses would accompany the vaccine and infect human blood supply. That, that I've seen 
first-hand testimony of the scientists who actually worked on the original polio vaccine, warning and stating that they warned the manufacturers that this was a possibility. I have read and posted from the CDC website that the SB40 virus, the simian virus, infested over 90, uh, likely 92 million Americans with a virus that is now and has been for several decades been causing cancer, probably pandemic uh, levels of cancer in people all over America. I mean, this is CDC admitted that. That that was, and I can show you other articles that not only admitted it, but claimed it over and over again uh, by incompetent by competent people that are in that realm of expertise. That's what uh, Dr. Judy was coming out saying. Uh, that's what uh, Dr. Mary, you read the book, Dr. Mary's Monkeys. Uh, that's what she was discovering. There were other people who discovered this. They're either, you know, if they don't end up dead, they end up uh, removed from uh, the media so that you cannot hear about what they have to say. They are defamed. They are attacked. They are thrown under a bus because they don't want you to know that vaccines are not only dangerous, they're extremely dangerous. And they have caused huge amounts of medical problems that most of the people that are getting polio in uh, countries like Syria, uh, in the places where Palestinians have fled. And, you know, if you want to care about Palestinians more than you care about other people, they're getting polio from the vaccine. CDC website. Uh, in Africa. They're getting it from the vaccine. Most of the cases of polio in several of these areas have been confirmed by the CDC as coming from the vaccine. You didn't hear that on the 6 o'clock news. You know, uh, CNN didn't tell you that. Well, that's because that's fake news. So anyway, awaken people to the idea that forced vaccinations may be a very bad thing. Anyway, it's already gone out on the network and everybody should be a part of the network. So, Dr. Shiva, who's very bright, very intelligent, lots of degrees, uh, very outspoken, uh, speaks against uh, Robert Kennedy or Bobby Kennedy, whatever they're calling him, uh, uh, that he is actually a part of the problem. And it certainly is the Kennedy vaccine bills and the, it was the Kennedy, Ted Kennedy, who promoted this uh, where... Uh, vaccine manufacturers get a free pass, they can't be sued, and then the government picks up the tab. All these things were very, very bad ideas, and it did come out of the Kennedy family. But the, I, I'm not interested in personalities, or I'm interested in facts and information, and he does give a lot of facts and information. He's running for the Senate. He may or may not. He's, the other people are better funded than he is. He's so outspoken. He's probably going to be considered a radical and people are not going to listen to him. So he's probably not going to get elected, but he's giving it a shot. But the reality is, is the, if you think that he's going to get his anti-force vaccination reform bills in through the present Congress and Senate, you got another guess coming because 
These people don't think that way. Uh, they're not going to disband some of these organizations that are have a conflict of interest and are not doing, not telling you the truth all the time. And they're going to double down and it's going to become more and more difficult. So, the reason I mention it is to, to increase the awareness for people. But the other reason is that you need a plan B. And chances are your plan B should really be your plan A. And we're going to come back to that in other things that are going on in the news today. Is that uh, your plan A should be the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You can treat it as a plan B while you go to things like rallies and you vote and you do all these other things that you want to do to try to change things. But the only thing that will really change things is seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's one of the things that I see most often in the news today is that people are not righteous. You have hundreds, thousands, and thousands, and thousands of people running into stores all over the United States to rob those stores now during riots. They they just run through one after another. You can see a hundred people run into one Walmart for the total purpose of stealing and robbing everything they can grab off the shelves. That is a lawless society. That is a society of zombies. People who do not care about other people as much as they care about themselves. And how has that come about? It's come about because false Christianity is what they are preaching in most of the churches in America. That is why that is happening. False Christianity is being preached and promoted in most of the churches of America. They are not caring about their neighbor as much as they care about themselves. So that's not, that is kind of the topic of what we're going to talk about today, but we're going to look at it in another place. Uh, the riots is just an amazing thing. The, uh, the rhetoric coming out of the media is absolutely amazing. I saw just, just to give you an, you know, T-Mobile, Disney, and Papa John's Pizza, and evidently a lot of other advertisers on the Tucker Carlson Tonight Show are withdrawing their support from Tucker Carlson. Others are sticking with him. But, I mean, he could be removed from the air. And he's one of the few sane voices out there as far as media. If you were to line up everybody in the media, he's one of the few sane voices out there that actually has some sort of objectivity when he looks at what's going on in the country. One of the things that I I see a quote there, he says, uh, this may be a lot of things this moment we're living through, but it is definitely not about black lives. And remember that when they come for you, and at this rate, they will. So he wants you to remember that Black Lives Matter is not really about black lives. Absolutely, I agree with that statement. Uh, all my sponsors can withdraw their support, except for I have no sponsors, so I'm not even going to notice. <laughs> so, but Black Lives Matter is not concerned with black lives. If they were, they'd be concerned about why in the world is 50% of the murders that take place in America happening in the black communities of blacks killing other blacks. Why is that happening? They're 13% of the population and 50% of the murders take place 
of blacks killing other blacks in the black community. The mere idea that we have a thing called the black community is a problem. But what is causing that problem? Is it whites causing that problem? Well, it isn't white supremacists. Uh, it is the fact that people are listening to a false gospel. Now, there's a lot of other instrumentality that brings that about. I've lived in black neighborhoods. I lived in Fillmore and Eddy in San Francisco. I lived uh, down there on 31st, uh, uh, a totally black neighborhood in uh, Minneapolis. I, I've done it in uh, Boston, uh, out in Dorchester. It is, I, I know what they're dealing with. Uh, I, I understand the psychology of society. I grew up in the South. I've seen uh, the prejudice and bigotry. I was shocked by it. My parents were from the North. They didn't have that. We weren't taught that. But I ran into it with my own friends and I thought like, where is this coming from? What is this all about? And I saw it as an observer, close hand, first up. And... Uh, it, it racial bigotry, but the reality, like I say, is that if you're in West Texas, East Texas, you're going to see a lot of bigotry back in those days. This is back in the 50s. Bigotry towards blacks and and even abuses occasionally of blacks. If you go over to West Texas, that's in East Texas, over near Louisiana. If you go over to West Texas, over near El Paso. Most of the bigotry is directed towards Hispanics back in those days. And uh, it was because there wasn't as many blacks and there were a lot of Hispanics. If you go up to North Dakota, the bigotry that you hear about and run into is bigotry towards Indians. Because there are very few Mexicans and blacks in that community. Everybody seems to want to have somebody to hate. That is evidence that those are not Christians. Because you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. And you're even supposed to love your enemy if somebody from another race could be counted as your enemy. So they're not Christians. They may think they are. They may go to church. But they're not Christians because they're not following Christ. Just the same as the Pharisees and some of the Sadducees that were claiming to be Jews were not actually Jews, but were the adversary of Moses and the adversary of Christ. They call them the synagogue of Satan. Satan means adversary. The synagogue of the adversary. And most of the Christian churches, or people claiming to be Christian churches, are the churches of Satan. They got nice music. They've got soft-spoken ministers. But they are actually opposing they talk about a lot of good things they may even do some charity they actually oppose Christ because they are not preaching what Christ insisted that we do commanded that we do but instead they are sending people to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other That creates an atmosphere in society where you think the world owes you a living and you will pour into Walmart, into Target, into uh, stores and strip the shelves bare when you can get away with it. Because you have become accustomed 
to living at the expense of others and depending for your livelihood on the property of others and you have become perfect savages. It doesn't have anything to do with race. It has to do with the spirit that dwelleth in you. And the modern church is not instilling in people the spirit of Christ. They are instilling in people another spirit that is contrary to the gospel of Christ. They're claiming to preach the gospel, but they are not. So anyway, uh, Tucker Carlson was talking about this. They even say, and I thought this was uh, fascinating, in the Daily Wire, and I'll quote right what they say, in a recent segment, Carlson also attacked Sesame Street character Elmo. No, he did not. That is not what he did. Daily Wire, pro-conservative news outlet, says that Carlson attacked Sesame Street character Elmo. He did not. Elmo is a puppet. He's not attacking the character of a puppet. <laughs> he is attacking uh, brainwashing going on on a puppet show on TV. And he's attacking it actually with sarcasm. What the puppet said, and it wasn't actually, I don't think it was even Elmo who said it. It was the the other character there next to Elmo (laughs) who said, In this country, the people of color, especially in the black community, there's that phrase again, black community, are being treated unfairly. Well, there are people being treated unfairly everywhere. But is it pervasive? You know, the statistics show that you're less likely to be shot by a white cop than than you if you were black than if you were white and that is that's amazing that that statistic actually and that's collected by black scientists who actually investigate and look at what's going on in the different communities and they were shocked at what they found and the reason why is they're afraid that they're going to be appointed out as being racist. So they are hesitant. I can show you dozens of videos. You won't see them. They won't be spreading around regularly on the press, uh, in the press and in the media, of, of people who were being arrested and were told to put their hands on the, you know, on the car and uh, give their ID and all these other things. Black and white people. And suddenly, and they complained, and they moved around, and the cops said, no, just stay there, don't go back to your car, all these things. They go back, and they pull out a gun, and they shoot, often killing the cop. A cop just was killed in the, in the last 24 hours, and the police were looking for He was shot down, others were wounded. People do not understand what it's like to be a police officer. Yeah, they get shot at, they get spit on, they get beat on. They get hit and they're supposed to go to, you know, like somebody was saying that, you know, 10% of the people who are killed by guns in, in America are killed by cops. And so he, he thought that's some sort of t- statistic to prove that cops are all bad. No. Cops' job is to go to the most dangerous part of the community as quickly as possible when somebody is causing a life-threatening situation. That's their job. They're going to be there when everybody else is running away. They're going to be there. 
They're also going to zip up body bags on the highway where people uh, kill themselves with uh, in car accidents. They're going to be zipping up body bags when people are killed in uh, the local communities. They are going to be, be uh, you know, finding situations where children are beat, and children are killed, children are murdered, and they're going to have to take up those bodies and zip up those body bags. This takes a toll on a human person. Always dealing with the tragedies every day that happen in your community. When you're watching the TV, they're dealing with tragedies. Now, they're paid to do it. They're hired professionals, but it still takes a toll. You do not understand police work if you're following for this rhetoric of from from puppet shows that is feeding your children lies and misinformation. The reality is that probably nowhere in the world do people of color, whatever heck that means, uh, have a better opportunity of success. There were millionaire black people. There were black people elected to Congress and Senate early on after the Civil War. They were all Republicans, but but that was going on. This idea that everybody out there is racist, especially if they're white, is a racist idea. That's being fed in the media. It's being accepted by the people. They are being consumed by these lies and misinformation because their churches are not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And people cannot think clearly. They cannot think objectively. And they need to repent of that. You know, I mean, the the mayor Hall Marks, which... Probably, you know, he thinks he's a Christian. He probably has all kinds of other things wrong. But he was a reporter for six years before he became mayor. But he says, I think the people are so quick to judge the police before they have all the facts. I can't say whether a crime was committed, referring to the Floyd, George Floyd uh, case, or whether they, they did anything right or wrong. All I'm saying is don't rush to judgment based on what you see in that video. Absolutely true. And he was, they were calling for his blood. They were calling to remove him from office. What did he say? He said, don't rush to judgment. That's what Christ said. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. In Judges 2.17 it says, And yet they would not hearken unto the judges, but they went a-whoring after other gods, and bowed themselves down unto them, and they turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. So someone stopped obeying the commandments of the Lord and did contrary because they went whoring after the gods and bowed themselves down unto them. That's one of the things that we see now in the news where uh, somebody's making uh, white people take on the guilt of all past sins of other people, whether real or imagined. And 
and bowing themselves down, actually kneeling down, actually even kissing their feet uh, because they are sorry for all the oppression of black people. The fact is, everybody in this country, probably everybody in the world, if they were following the ways of Christ, the whole world would be a different place. That people would be free, people would be prosperous, disease would have very little effect on uh, the comings and goings of people in life and death. Uh, but they are not. Uh, even even that uh, Mayor Hal Marks, who uh, made those comments and got all kinds of flack from that, which he was just saying, don't rush to judgment, find out what the facts are. You know, just looking at the video, he was thinking that the guy did not die from the pressure on his neck, but from a heart attack. The coroner seems to agree with that. The coroner was looking for some kind of bruising in his neck and head and could not find it anywhere. Now, what really happened? There will be a trial and maybe the information will come out there. But the idea, how many people have died in these riots? And why are these riots taking place? It's, it's taking place because of irresponsible protesting. It is the protesters that are causing the immediate problem of rioting on the streets. Because the protesters are not saying, that person broke a window. They are letting that go. They're actually trying to vilify the police. Because the press, prior to the violence on the street, is stirring the people up with hate speech. But the press is able to do that because the people have already gone whoring after other gods and have bowed down themselves and turned quickly out of the way. That's what Christianity was called, the way. Modern Christians are not going the way of early Christians. They are going the way of the Pharisees and Sadducees and their system of Corbin. So, what we're going to talk about today is statues. People are tearing down statues and they think that that's a good thing. And I had a brief conversation with somebody on the intellectual dark web uh, who thought that we should do more of that. We should tear down more statues. Actually, somebody tore down, I think it was a statue of Columbus or something, that uh, they tore it down. And uh, the statue evidently hit a guy and gave him a bad concussion, knocked him unconscious and everything. That was that was in the news to some degree. I, I don't think a lot of people heard about it, but that was actually the case. But what what is this tearing down statues all about? And so I, you know, I didn't even realize it was going on until somebody mentioned it and wanted to tear down more statues. Thought that somehow this is going to make life better in America if we tear down these statues of Civil War generals uh, like Robert E. Lee, etc. Uh, and to me, it's it's bizarre. It's nonsense. And that's what I said to him. I said, this, this is absolute nonsense. Of course, he didn't think it was nonsense. He thinks it was really a great thing that we're tearing down these statues of generals. And so I started looking at the psychology of why you would think that that's a great thing. Of course, they tore down statues of Hitler. They've torn down statues of Stalin and Lenin. Um they they actually still have statues of Rommel up, <laughs> but Rommel turned against Hitler, so he got a free pass. But he supported Hitler for years and years and years. Fought a great, a competent general uh, who fought against American allies uh, in North Africa. 
My father was in North Africa. Uh, he was eventually injured in Italy. But he fought against Rommel. And uh, Rommel fought against him. But Rommel's statues are still up in Germany. But I don't want them torn down. I don't care that it, there's a dozen streets named after him. There's army barracks named after him. That's fine. I don't even care if you left up statues of Stalin and Lenin. Or uh, Saddam Hussein. It's a part of your history. You put it up. Now live with it. <laughs> and learn why did we fall for the rhetoric of Stalin? Why did we fall for the rhetoric of Lenin? Why did we fall for the rhetoric of Hitler? What did our whoring after Hitler bring about? You know, I have a, a section that I've been working on called uh, Crowd Psychology. And uh, one of the pictures on the beginning of that page, I just put it up there, was that famous picture of everybody doing the Heil Hitler in a large crowd. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of people got the Heil Hitler out. And way down in the crowd, somebody noticed in the photograph, unless it's a doctor, but I think it's a, it's a legitimate photograph. One guy's standing there with his arms folded and doesn't have his arms out saying, Heil Hitler. Now, I don't know if he's from another country or if he's a German or what, but everybody is always, you know, they circle that one little guy down there, not doing the Heil Hitler, and say, be this guy. And uh, that's kind of what Christianity has become today. Everybody is going after a certain way that is not the way of Christ. They say they're Christians, but they're not going the way of Christ. They're not doing what the early church did. They're doing what the modern church does. And they think they're Christians. It's amazing that Christ said many would do this. They would say they're coming in my name, but he, he says, Get you from me, you workers of iniquity. What is he talking about? You know... Of course, if you're a Protestant, he's talking about the Catholic Church. And if you're a Protestant, uh, Catholic, he's talking about the Protestant Church. <laughs> and if you're, you're a Jehovah Witness, he's talking about everybody else. And so, but the reality, he's talking about most people who claim to be Christians. Because the world would be a different place if you were actually following in the way. You, most people don't understand what it means to whore after other gods and to bow down and serve them. But that is what most people are doing, including these people, especially these people pushing over statues, which is an act of hate and anger and destruction. They are filled with the spirit of destruction. And we've talked about the people, who, these mass murderers who go out and they, they kill their family and then they go out and they... They kill people they don't even know from a Texas uh, school tower or from in a mall or in a theater somewhere. They go out or at a school. They go out and start killing everybody. And then as soon as they're caught or as soon as they're cornered, they kill themselves. That is the, the, the spirit of destruction. That is the spirit of destroyer that has gotten into them and is controlling them. And that happens when the Spirit of Christ is not in you. So if you're going to do any self-diagnosing of the problems in the world today, you want to know, am I a part of the Spirit of Destruction or am I a part of the Spirit of Life? If I'm a part of the Spirit of Life, I am also a part of the Spirit of Light. Therefore, I will see what's going on. I will not be so easily deceived 
by a lying misrepresentation of a malpracticing media madness that is going on all of the time now. So I said that, of course, is nonsense, that the idea that uh, the statues that are, to destroy the statues that are works of art is some kind of a virtuous thing is nonsense. It is actually evidence of the spirit of evil. The same as you see people running into a store or setting fire to a store or breaking into a jewelry store or breaking into a gold and silver store. And they're just criminals and thugs. They're, they're just evil people. They're, because they're filled with evil. They're filled with evil because of choices that you have made. In the, the article on crowd psychology, I get around to how you restructure, how a society is remade because of the choices you make. This is what the evil that has been done to the black community is not being done by the police. The police actually do more every day in the black community to keep order. I don't believe that that will keep order. I, like I said, I tried to become a police officer at one time. I worked and passed all the tests and were just about to join a police department. And I realized that that wasn't the answer. And I changed the direction of my life. The answer is Christ. But it has to be the real Christ. Not the fake Christ that is being handed out in the modern churches today. Because the real Christ will produce real results. The fake Christ will produce what you have today. And you have today because, what you have today because of the modern church. Now there are other factors in this construction of, or restructuring of society that are playing a part in this. But it comes back down eventually to the fact that nobody is preaching the real gospel of Jesus Christ. So they correlate this destruction of statues of Hitler and Stalin and Lenin and, and generals of the South and justify that tearing down these symbols as if they have reached some sort of woke state that they understand and nobody else does. So they vandalized these statues. Columbus was uh, not commemorated by these statues. One of the statues they tore down was actually... Uh, Donated, built and donated by an Italian immigrant who, you know, Columbus was Italian. And even though he came over because of uh, Queen Isabel financed his trip, originally he was Italian. He never even made it to the United States or the mainland. He made it to a few islands. He wasn't really competent at managing people. He didn't have the best of people to come over here with. And he ended up in prison and he ended up uh, supposedly punished for misappropriation of funds and actions and stuff like that. He was just a guy. But he was adventurous enough to take on this voyage and discovered America by accident. He thought he was going to end up in in India and in uh, the Spice Islands. Uh, but he didn't realize there was an entire continent in the way. And that people were for... For centuries trying to find a way around America. Because that's not where they were trying to get to. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Uh, 
it, it, the statues weren't erected to commemorate his mistakes, they, they, which are well documented and reported in history books. The, the statues were put up because of the good and the man. Because of the fact that there were some good characteristics to that individual. He wasn't all evil. He wasn't going around raping and pillaging. Some men did that and some men died. I mean, the Indians wiped out one entire settlement. They never ever found it again. He was just a man like any other man. But he did do some amazing things. He did do some courageous things. And that's what they commemorate. But hateful people come along and identify him with hate and with uh, oppression. That That's what's in their mind because hate and oppression is foremost in their minds. They are not forgiving souls. They cannot forgive his human frailties, his mistakes. Uh, they they judge him, rush to judgment that somehow or other he was a wicked, evil man because he found America. He wasn't even trying to find America. And it's the same way with the uh, generals like Robert E. Lee. And, and one of the things I point out to people that they're completely unaware of is that Robert E. Lee inherited an estate. And when he inherited that estate, along with it came slaves. He freed those slaves at great personal expense. He just freed them. He didn't sell them. He freed them before the war even began. Before any military conflict even began. He had just recently inherited it. It was sometime in court. And, you know, people don't learn these things. They don't study these things. They don't really know history. They know sound bites from CNN. And these news talking heads. He freed his slaves. Because he was fighting for Virginia. Not for the South. For Virginia. Because Virginia was the state in which he lived. And we go into this in detail in the article. Well, not really detail. But more so than most people know. Ulysses S. Grant. He owned a slave too. At least one. I don't know, he might have owned more. But I know he owned at least one. All the time he was a general, he had a slave who was like a valet to him. And, you know, went and did all his errands and, and uh, you know, dumped his porta potty you know, and stuff like that in his tent. Because he didn't go to the, the regular latrine. <laughs> so anyway, that's what his servant was doing. Who was a slave all during the war. He did not free that slave until after the war was over. And he only freed them because Lincoln had signed the Emancipation Proclamation. So if you're going to tear down statues of Robert E. Lee who did not own slaves but freed them and leave up Grant's tomb, I hate to even say this, then you're a hypocrite. So now, unfortunately, if any of these hypocrites out there hear that, their solution is to run down and destroy Grant's tomb. That's not what I'm advocating at all. I say leave all the statues up. They're works of art. They were created. Robert E. Lee actually himself spoke against the idea of erecting monuments in commemoration of the war and the and the, the courage, which is, is a virtue, and the... Uh, sacrifice, which is a virtue, uh, the, you know, how many people were supporting the Southern Army by charity, taking their vast fortunes and using them up in defense of states' rights. 
you know, and we pointed out somewhere in the article, and we've done this before, that only 4% of Americans actually own slaves. Most of the slaves in the South were owned by a handful of people. You know, probably 8% of the population in the South might have owned slaves. And some of that population included Indians who owned slaves, blacks who owned slaves. One of the first slaves owned in America was a black man owning a black man. Why? Because slavery was common in Africa. Nobody was probably ever sold to a white slaver except by a black slaver who enslaved other black men and sold them for profit in Africa. And often there was a go-between in there, which was somebody who was halfway in between black and white was probably a Muslim because they really cornered the market on slavery because they advocate slavery in their Koran. Statistics are very clear. Thomas Sowell has stated this as well, and he's a master of statistics. More white people were sold into slavery in North Africa than were ever sold into slavery in America. Far more. People were so, white people were sold into slavery in North Africa far more than blacks were sold into slavery in America. Slavery was everywhere. If you're going to tear down the statues of anybody who supported slavery, you're going to have to tear down the Zulu King Shaka in South Africa. They actually took it down recently, one of the statues. One of the statues was in an airport. They took it down. The reason they took it down is he had a, uh, like a shepherd staff uh, for herding livestock and uh, they objected that he needed to have a shield and a spear and so they took down that statue and they're going to put up one with a shield and a spear because he was a warrior. He was also a slaver. He he made slaves of men. The South Africans, uh, the Boers, they never engaged in slavery. Slaves weren't sold out of South Africa. The Boers never conquered uh, people to take land away from them. They found vacant land and when they found somebody who claimed some sort of right to it, they they paid them for it. And uh, they they their approach was far different. They were much closer in those days to Christianity than they are, many of them are today. Many of them today have gone whoring after those other gods. And we're going to get into that eventually as to what does that mean, whoring after other gods. Now, I mean, they go to church and they talk about Christ and they talk about God and they read the Bible, but they don't understand what they're reading because they've gone whoring after these other gods. You, the Pharisees all read the scriptures, the Torah. They were well-versed in it, could read it in the Hebrew, could read it in the Greek. And, uh, you know, the Septuagint itself was one of these mistranslations to begin with. Although Christ is found quoting it. But what is Christ really telling us to do? It's very clear in the New Testament what Christ is telling us to do and not do. But it's not clear to Christians. And the reason why is the integrity of most of the ministers or the people who taught those ministers to begin with have the same integrity as CNN and MSNBC and ABC. They are not drawing the true picture of the gospel. They are in error. So on this page, which you can find if you look up statutes 
statues at uh, Preparing You. That we have a number of subtitles. Statues and History. Uh, Mob is Born. Countries of the South. Confederate versus Federal. History is a Story. What is history as a story? History as a story is the story of every man who lives in that history. You are writing history today with your lives. Black My, uh, Lives Matter organization, which is has nothing to do with saving black people's lives. That really isn't what I, I mean. Just to give you some perspective on black, when I first saw the organization come together, it wasn't a very big organization. It did get some donations. But they found out that playing to this hate makes them a lot of money. Uh, some of the Palestinian leaders discovered that too. If you keep the hate alive in the Palestinian refugees, which were not uh, run out of Israel, they fled Israel under the advice of Palestinian leaders. Because they were going to turn around, make this army, and come back and push all the Jews into the sea. That was their plan. Now, were there Jews who were violent when they came to Israel? Yes. Were there Jews that were good, honest, close to Christianity type people, close to the teachings of Moses? Yeah. Both are living side by side. As soon as you start dividing people up into Jew or Palestinian or black or white, or German, and Austrian, and French, and English, you are falling prey to the danger of becoming a bigot. Because that is not how people are divided up. People are divided up between good and evil. And the problem is, a lot of fairly good people also have some evil ideas and evil practices. And some evil people who are predominantly evil, maybe they're criminals, maybe they killed people, they have some good in them. This is why Christ says to love your enemy. You have to love the evil people. You don't love the evil. This is why I said that Tucker Carlson was not speaking against Elmo, who's a puppet. He has a puppeteer. He could be speaking against the puppeteer or the, the guy who wrote the script for the puppet show. But he's not speaking against Elmo as a fictitious character. He's talk, trying to, and he's using sarcasm, which is something I want to bring up as, sarcasm is a very dangerous tool. Is it Clavin? Clavin uses sarcasm all the time. Uh, Crowder. Uh, I don't even, I can't remember these first names of these people, but anyway, uh, get louder with Crowder. Very sarcastic. There is a danger to that. I'm not, I'm not against sarcasm. There's a place for it, but there's a very dangerous element if you're going to try to use sarcasm and bridge the gap between two different opinions. You have, because sarcasm is also includes the spirit of ridicule. And you have to be careful of that. Now, I use sarcasm occasionally, but that's not what, you know, that is not the crooks of my message. The message of Christ is that you need to have the spirit of forgiveness in you. If the spirit of forgiveness is in you, you will have no interest in knocking over statues. 
if the spirit of truth is more important, the spirit of righteousness is more important, you're not afraid of no statue, you're not afraid of no puppet. You're dealing in what is actually being said or done. And like I say, in the case of Robert E. Lee, he was free, he freed more slaves than Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> but they want to tear down his statue and leave Ulysses S. Grant statue up. And I'm just making that as a comparison. Julius Caesar, we, we talked about this in previous programs, sold over a million Gauls into slavery. He actually manipulated people and groups to create battles so that he could seize more slaves and make more money selling those slaves. He was a political opportunist. And he spread the same kind of hate drawing up ancient history when the Jutes invaded Rome and when the Saxons uh, the Teutons came down and invaded Rome. He used that to justify his enslavement of millions of people. And that's what you see going on. And it's not going to end well unless you repent and seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is another whole way of doing things. So, anyway, we will explore that when we return to Keys of the Kingdom after another brief break. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, lack of knowledge is a real defect in our individual life's walk. If we don't understand how things work, if we don't understand how things have worked in the past, if we don't understand the nature of mankind, we will make mistakes. We have to learn everything. We have to, what they call, reinvent the wheel. We have to learn everything from scratch. So that's why we study history, is so that we don't have to learn everything from scratch. We can learn a great deal from the mistakes of those who have gone before. That's why, one of the reasons why I'm against tearing down statues that don't belong to you anyway. You have no right to destroy the property of another because in your mind it represents hate. If there is no hate in your mind, it doesn't represent hate in your mind. There has to be hate in your heart for that statue to represent hate. That's that's the reality of it. Now, you people don't want to believe that, but that's the reality of it. Hate is simply the absence of love. That's the basic mechanics in your cause and effect universe. Hate is the absence of love. Vice is the absence of virtue. Darkness is the absence of light. And a lie is absent the truth. That's why most of the Christian churches today are preaching a lie. Because they are not preaching the whole truth of the gospel of the kingdom. And we're going to lead into that eventually for those of you. Step by step, we will get closer and closer to that reality so that you can see it. It is true that we should not be so accepting of the propaganda of the victor. Somebody, the victor gets to write the history. And we should not just accept it. We should look for all the details and understand. We do the same thing with uh, George Floyd. It looks like he might have died to the average observer who's never had to arrest somebody on the street before. It may look like he was killed 
by the police officer. And people are still saying that murdered, they even say. Killed by the police officer. The police officer may have contributed to his death. Unknowingly contributed to his death. But it appears that it was a bad heart that caused him to die. Not pressure on his neck, not bruising on his neck. Most people won't tell that because when they see the image, they want to believe, they rush to judgment to believe that all the weight of that police officer is on that man's head and neck. It is not. And it's it's really actually easy to prove. Whether somebody will prove it is difficult. But I know what it actually takes to hold somebody down. I know what it takes to actually arrest somebody. Uh, personally, I think that he could have rolled them up like some of the cops were thinking there. But I don't know that it would have saved his life because he wasn't dying from compression on the head and neck or there would have been all kinds of bruising. It would have been very obvious. There would have been mucus in his throat and larynx from crushing his windpipe. That's not what the case was. His feeling of having difficulty breathing because he was still breathing he was still breathing in and out. He was still talking. But he felt like he was had a shortness of breath because his heart was already giving out. His heart was giving out for a multitude of reasons. Probably years and years of drug use. And maybe other reasons. Maybe inherited reasons. All kinds of reasons. The reason I go through that story is because you need to put facts together so that you understand... What is actually going and not rush to judgment. You want to constantly be finding out the whole truth and acting upon that and not upon lies. But the true historical account of the events and the motivations of people during the war between the states may be far from what people are being taught or just want to believe today. People want to believe... Everybody in the South, this is where this conversation started on the dark web, is that everybody in the South were racist losers. He just took millions upon millions of people and they're all racist losers. He has no idea. I mean, that's like saying everybody in Germany uh, was a loser. People died in Germany saving people they did not even know. They risked their lives daily in Germany to protect Jews, uh, dissidents. More dissidents were killed than Jews. Dissident, what's a dissident? Somebody who disagreed with the policies of Adolf Hitler. Now people, people tore down the statues of Hitler, but they did not tear down the statutes of Hitler. Those are still in place. They're in place in Germany. They're in place in Austria. Every place that he went, many of those statutes are still in place. Nobody's tearing them down. It is still illegal to homeschool in Germany. You go to jail. You go to prison. You have your children taken away if you try to homeschool your children in Germany. That's Adolf Hitler's idea. That's still there. Nobody's tearing down that statute they did tear down the statues, but not the statutes, the principles. And the reality is there's a lot of other, the, the socialist practices of Hitler. He was a socialist. 
he was a national socialist and he had racial one of this superior race kind of thing that he was promoting and and Jews were not a part of it. It was also a great excuse to confiscate a great deal of wealth that was in the hands of Jews. Unfortunately, little shoemakers and everything suffered often under those same policies. But uh, it's also unfortunate that the rich suffered under those policies. But if you if you denounce somebody and have them arrested, all their wealth goes in the hands of the government. doesn't go to you. It goes in the hands of the government. And there was a lot of that going on. Because that's absolutely reasonable in a socialist society because the means of production, your property, your wealth, it belongs to the the collective and the government rules the collective. So that's what socialism, that's where it leads. That spirit of taking away from others because you want it is why you see those hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people rushing into stores to rob them, to to loot them. In these riots. Is because they are already. Have not the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That lays down its life for other. But the spirit. Of the Antichrist. Who wants to take a bite out of one another. Take from one another. Covet one another's goods. This is why from the beginning. Jews were forbidden. Israelites were forbidden to covet their neighbor's goods by any means. That's just desire to take away from their neighbor. That's why socialism is unlawful in the kingdom of God. Because there's a law against desiring the labor of your another or creating any kind of an institution where you can get the labor of your neighbor through things like socialism and communism. Christ was not a socialist. Christ was opposed to socialism. The Corbin of the Pharisees was a socialist program. And Christ says it made the word of God to none effect. Because the sacrifices in the Corbin of the Pharisees was no longer free will offerings. As we see over and over and over and over again in the Old Testament... In the New Testament, the Pharisees were, through their tax collectors, taking the uh, means of production from the citizenry. They, what they produced, a portion of what they produced. They had returned to the bondage of Egypt. And they did this by signing up for, for a socialist system under Herod and the Pharisees who were controlling the Congress at that time. In Israel. If you don't know that history. You will think voting Democrat. Is something a Christian can do. In truth. You can't even vote for most Republicans. Because most Republicans. Are advocating the idea. That it is okay to take from your neighbor. To provide you with benefits. The Democrats and Republicans. Are both benefactors. Of the people who exercise authority one over the other. And Christ said it is not to be that way with you. If it is that way with you, then you're not a Christian. You need, you have need of repentance, of thinking another way. Because the way of Christianity was to provide those benefits through free will offerings, what we call charity. The word charity never shows up in the Old Testament, but the words free will offering 
although always not always translated that way, uh, is in there many, many, many times. The sacrifices of the people have to be free will offerings or you're not following Moses and you're not following Christ and you are headed in the direction of where you are at now in greater and greater degrees. You will have more and more people taking and taking and taking and taking. They will take through the government. They will borrow against the future of your children. And that's what you got going on. And you have that going on now in America and Austria and Germany and Australia because all those churches claiming to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ are not doing that. They are actually workers of iniquity because they do not tell you the whole truth of the gospel. They are preaching less than the whole truth, which is the definition of a lie. So, neither nations nor races are guilty of evil except in an academic sense. I just mentioned all these countries, Austria, Australia. Those countries are not guilty any more than Elmo is guilty. Elmo's a puppet. There's a guy with his hand in the puppet and he's mouthing words with a microphone. (laughs) And he may be just reading a script. So who's guilty there? The puppet? The puppeteer? The person who authored this program? Well, who's guilty in Austria? Who's guilty in Australia? Who's guilty in America? Guilt is an individual choice. You can't say, you know, I'm just following orders. <laughs> you, only individuals sin against God. Nations don't sin against God. We use that in an academic sense because we're seeing nations and their policies are, are, are sinful in nature. But it is the individual who chooses to sin. Who chooses to go against the truth. In truth, only individuals can choose to do or not do evil. You cannot blame the Civil War on Southern generals or the South. Each of them are responsible for the individual choices they made. And it is not just simplistic, it is unjust to say everybody in the South was a racist loser. It also shows your ignorance of what was really going on because the lies that are being taught people today don't begin in the news media. They began in the schools. It began in academia. It began in in, uh, simple-minded people who want to accept simple answers to complex questions. And when I say complex questions, I get into this later, it is because history is the human experience, the record of the human experience. And humans are complicated. They're complicated because they have relations with many other humans and the things about them. And it's very simple to say that the people pouring into the stores were thieves and robbers. They were not Christians They were not Jews. They were not followers of Moses. They may claim to be. They're not followers of Christ. They may claim to be. 
but they're actually thieves and robbers. That's what they were. That day, that's what they were. Tomorrow they may repent. I remember once when I was in charge of security for a major corporation uh, of retail stores that, that had chains all over them. And somebody came in and uh, dropped a paper bag on uh, one of the counters and went out. I saw the person going out. And uh, I didn't know what was in the bag, and I went over, and we opened up the bag carefully and looked inside the bag, a little brown paper bag. And it was a handful of makeup and uh, just different items that had been opened, they had been used and everything. And there was a little note scribbled in inside, and I took out the note. And it was a confession that that girl had evidently shoplifted these items at one time, and she was sorry that she did it. And she was returning them. Of course, we had to throw them away. They'd all been open. <laughs> but, you know, I felt, you know, there was a prayer in my heart for that person who was trying to repent. Now, did she repent? What, did somebody guilt trip her? Was she really getting close to the kingdom? I don't know. She's probably in her 60s now somewhere. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Uh, but uh, this is what righteousness is all about is this individual you can't be righteous there is no man who is righteous you seek the righteousness of God that's a process that means that sometimes you can be a total jerk and a bad guy and sometimes you can be getting closer to righteousness it's about the journey seeking has to do with directions. You're either headed towards the kingdom or you're headed away from the kingdom. And many nations, for a long time now, for a hundred years now, have been moving away from the kingdom of God and towards socialism, communism, authoritarianism, and this uh, covetous practices that is destroying the whole world. And the problem I'm having really with the modern church is they're not speaking out against it. We see this in a lot of stuff. Tucker Carlson, Liz Wheeler, and probably a few others, those are the only ones I can think of right offhand, are trying to look at the truth. Trying to look of the events of the day. They're just news commentators. Most of the people on the media are just false accusers. They have the spirit of evil in them. It's obvious. It's blatant. But it's not obvious to millions and millions of people because they do not have the spirit of righteousness in them because they have become accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for their livelihood on the property of others. And they have become blind. Their sight has been taken away from them. This is what Christ said, that he was going to take sight away from them that say they are they see they don't see that the policies of the democrats and most of the weak-minded republicans and even the constitutional party people are not seeing the real problem they're not addressing the real problem uh, black lives matter is clearly not addressing the real problem if they were, they would be dealing with the thousands of people. You know, more people have been killed by black-on-black murders in places like Chicago than were killed through the entire history 
of the K- that that were lynched through the entire history of the KKK, which was a democratic organization. It was actually actually if you really want to know the full history, what became the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan, originally came out of a movement because there was just absolute lawlessness in the South. And the South was totally, you know, after Sherman's march to the sea, he just burned and destroyed everything. Uh, money was gone. People were starving. It, it, it hurt the poor more than it hurt the rich, although it did devastate many of the rich. I mean, it just devastated the South, the destruction of the war. The reality is that this lawlessness amongst whites and blacks who were starving and going out robbing and looting and everything just to survive. You know, not to get a big screen TV like you see running out of Target with, but to survive. I mean, people were hungry for days, weeks. They were starving. They were eating grass to stay alive in places. But there was a bad element around. There was no law enforcement. So there was groups that got together and protected one another, just like you see going on in South Africa, where farms are being overrun by people who have the design of destroying and killing all the whites in South Africa, the good and the bad and the ugly. I mean, there are good and bad whites in South Africa. There are good and bad blacks in South Africa. You cannot divide the people between Jew and Palestinian, white and black, German and American, Indian uh, you know, or, or whatever. That is not, and they're good and bad in all those categories. You have to deal with the good and bad on an individual basis. So anyway, they did form groups that were, you could call them vigilantes, community watch, whatever, to prevent crime, to prevent people from being overrun by thugs and robbers and beaten in their own homes and in, in the streets. And they, it was not authorized because they were under martial law at first. They were just, but the, under martial law, the, the, the northern soldiers were not going to ride out at night to protect some household. The people had to do it themselves. And that was perfectly reasonable. There was probably some injustices that went on during that period. But there were probably many people that were saved during that period when that organization was first forming. Then it was hijacked by bigoted KKK people. And it ended up leading to a lot of injustices. But that's what's happening today, is that uh, the, the abuses of racism, which are all done on an individual basis, there is no systemic racism in the United States today that I can find. You can show me where it is. If you can see it, there will be a law somewhere written down. That's what makes it systemic. It's a part of the system. There's a law written down that allows you to be oppressing or suppressing the rights of individuals for whatever reason. And there there is none that I can find anywhere based on race. There is systemic oppression in the United States, but that, that is actually created by the people toppling down those statues. Because they're absolutely willing to push over a statue 
a dead, inanimate work of art and throw it to the ground and think they have done something good while they leave in place statutes against homeschooling. Now, we, we still have homeschooling in most of America. There is some restrictions, but the, there is also going to be statutes that say that you're going to have to get a vaccination. They're okay with those statutes, but they want to throw over the... They are preoccupied with throwing down statues and thinking that they are virtuous. They are virtue signaling by doing this. But there is no virtue in them. Because every one of them is absolutely happy with taking a bite out of their neighbor in order to get benefits. These people, most of these people out there doing that, they don't have jobs. <laughs> They're not working. <laughs> I mean, there might be some. I mean, this whole quarantine shutdown was... I mean, if somebody's orchestrating all this, they're a genius. Yet first you shut down, lock everybody up so they get cabin fever and frustration and everything. And while before they go back to work, you start riots based on false information and quick to judgment. You've got a media in place that is actually pushing this hate narrative, this false information everywhere. And you even have uh, wealthy advertisers who are going to... Anybody who says other than this false narrative is going to lose their support. They're going to be defamed. They're going to be ridiculed. You'll have people up there saying... you know, And it's a minority of people out there screaming. There's a lot of people in the streets, but they are ignorant. They do not know what they're doing. I've seen... They actually had a couple of Black Lives Matter guys that did a citizen's arrest on somebody who was breaking, had a sledgehammer and breaking chunks of concrete off of the sidewalk, off of the curb, I think it was, and so that they would have rocks to throw through the windows. And they actually did a citizen's arrest and took him to the police. There are good people in Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter has gotten well more than a billion dollars in donations. $100 $100 million, I believe, from Michael Jordan alone. They collected, I think, $100 million in 48 hours after the George Floyd incident. It's big money. Big money. They've given a billion dollars to the Democratic Party. Yet we have voices coming from the black community that says the Democratic Party is not serving the interests of the black community. And again, I even, I, I actually feel a little bit when you say black community, what the heck is the black community? I've lived, like I said, in the black community. There are all kinds of different uh, black people in the black community. They are very, they're some of the best people in the world and some of the worst. I, I ran into pimps. <laughs> I've ran into prostitutes sitting on the streets. Uh, Fillmore and Eddie, the prostitutes could literally, they stretched out their arms about one or two o'clock in the morning, they could stretch out their arms and they could touch each other's fingertips for almost two blocks on either side of Fillmore and Eddie. All night long, until the wee hours, four or five o'clock in the morning, horns, cars going up and down. It was a den of iniquity, but it was cheap rent, so I lived up there on the probably the third floor of an apartment complex. People couldn't believe. Bus driver one time taking me home late at night, Found out I was getting off at Fillmore and Eddie. <laughs> and of course, the bus was on the next street over because it was going out rather than going in. And he drove off his route to take me to the apartment so I would not walk down the street. <laughs> the night. 
But and I appreciate that, but I mean I wasn't afraid. But I'm afraid for you now. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So what can we do about all this? Uh, what is really going on in the world today that we can change it and make it better? We can't. There's nothing we can do to change the world. There's only what we can do to change ourselves. And we have to start to realize that crowds turn into mobs when individuals lack courage, integrity, forgiveness, and the righteousness of the giver of life, which we call the creator or God. Not the gods we've been whoring after who do not give life, only take life away from others. Because that is the, that is the system that you have created for yourselves. Is that you have the benefits of society by taking away from your neighbor. And by giving power to men to take away from your neighbor. They, they talk about defunding the police. Defunding the police is not the solution. Learning to not need the police is the solution. In order to have that courage, integrity, and forgiveness, and righteousness, you need to practice it. It needs to be done on a daily basis, which is why the early church had a daily ministration to take care of all the welfare of the community, to take care of the widows and orphans and needy of their society, unspotted by the systems of the world. The free bread of Rome. They did not line up for the free bread of Rome. They did not sign up for the covetous practices of Rome. This is why they were persecuted. If you read our article on the conflict of Christianity with Rome. That is what the problem was. But between Rome and Christians. But the problem between you and God is that you have become accustomed to taking a bite out of one another through the agency of government and now you've been devoured by the spirit of the beast and you will rush in and steal from your local community stores because you can. You will become that mindless zombie that is willing to destroy rather than give life. You may call yourself a Christian. Maybe many of these people are not. It would be interesting to... uh, to do a study where you actually go and interview all these people that are doing that and find out what's really going on in their mind. But to give you, what can you personally do about this? You need to become innocent of their crimes. Because right now, most of the people that call themselves Christians are not innocent of the crimes of those looters. They loot daily their neighbor's house so that they can have free school Free health care. Free social security. You say, well, I, I paid into social security. You paid for the people of the past. That's what you... When you were paying into social security way back in the 1930s, the government was already bankrupt. There was no division of funds. So the money you were paying in was simply paying off the debt of the United States. And most of the time, they geared it so they were only paying off interest and not the debt itself. 
That is the system that you created for yourself. And you did not see it coming. There were people at that time that saw that it was wrong, preached against it, talked against it. But they were not in the majority. They were in the minority. Which the righteous are almost always in a minority. That is why democracy is not in heaven. <laughs> you can only find democracy in hell. And it's now a dictatorship. They don't get, to, you know, you don't get to vote. Uh, what is it they were saying that socialism <laughs> is operating in hell? Uh, it's not in heaven because you don't need it in heaven because you have the the charity. Charity is the redistribution of wealth, but the choice of that redistribution is in the hands of every individual. In order to do it efficiently, you need to pick ministers that will redistribute that wealth for you. But you never give that minister the power to take your wealth, your labor, away from you. You always freely give it to the minister of your choice because you see him doing a good job with what you give him. With the support you offer him. So you support what he is doing. Because what he is doing is according to the ways of righteousness. That will open your eyes even more than they already are open now. If you don't go that way, your eyes will be closed and you will not see death coming. You will not see the disaster coming in the world. If an individual lacks forgiveness and those pushing off the statues, they lack forgiveness clearly by their actions and forgiveness must be practiced in order to know how to do that, they will lack love. Without love, the mob bite one another and become beasts devouring who they will. Which takes us to the mark of the beast, which is where you're at now. Everybody has the mark of the beast. Just about everybody in America. You can't get rid of it by just sowing it away. You get rid of it by repenting and seeking the kingdom of God and God will take it away. That's the way it works. You cannot save yourself, especially with paperwork. You have to be saved and you cannot be saved unless you repent and seek the kingdom. You can't find the kingdom. You cannot establish the kingdom. You can allow the kingdom to be established in your heart by changing your ways. Many of the people have been listening to us. You need to guard yourselves against anger against the mob. You need to guard yourself against anger against cops, against government. That is not the problem. God is the ruler of all, but you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And evil wants you to become angry wants you to rush to judgment. It wants you to go much in their own path, even if you do so to oppose them. I have one line at the end of that section where it says, The innocent of Scout could not have saved Atticus Finch if he did not have the courage to stand against the mob. If you haven't seen To Kill a Mockingbird or read the book, you probably don't understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) But that should paint an image. Atticus Finch was a white lawyer in the South 
who was defending a black man falsely accused of an evil deed. He clearly was not guilty. It comes out in the trial. It comes out in the book. And he actually stands between a mob intending to take him out and lynch him and uh, and and the man in prison. The mob was about to have their way when Scout, his daughter, shows up on the scene. If you haven't seen it, that's a, that's a movie worth seeing. And you may need to get to see it quick <laughs> before... Before HBO and and all these virtue signaling statue destroyers uh, take it off <laughs> and make it unavailable, um, you know. I mean, I remember back, you know, twenty years ago or thirty years ago when they were banning books because they were racist, and they actually banned Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn. I think, I think it was a Huckleberry Finn rather than uh, Tom Sawyer, but. Uh, I thought, like, what? What? <laughs> Did you read the book? <laughs> uh, but that, that's one of the dangers of sarcasm, because Mark Twain was sarcastic, is that people who are f- filled with hate, they don't understand sarcasm. It works, and I'm gonna, I wanna touch on a little problem that's going on right now, because it was one of the things that Shiva doesn't see, Dr. Shiva doesn't, isn't seeing, is that one of the things that the media is doing, we know the media is biased. We know that Google is biased. Their fact checks are just absurd and ridiculous. They're not even close to fact checking. They're embarrassing. Their fact checkers are embarrassing in most cases. But then I just also quoted at the beginning of the show the Daily Wire who are phrasing things poorly. Saying that somehow other that... that uh, uh, Tucker Carlson is picking on Elmo. <laughs> He's not picking on Elmo. He didn't say anything bad about it. I don't even mention the word Elmo. I don't know. He might have somewhere in this story. But that's a puppet. But what's happening is, that, yeah, they can tell what you like and don't like on Facebook and your searches and all that stuff. And they start putting you in a profile. And then they know what. Advertisers will want to send ads to you, what what you're likely to buy, and that that gets them more money. Their their advertisers will pay them more money because of the fact they're targeting certain groups. They're doing the same thing with politics. They are holding back with their algorithms certain stories aren't going to go out to certain people. But what they're actually doing, I'm pretty sure you could prove this if you could get into the actual software is they're creating bubbles in society. Because with bubbles in society, bubbles of ways of thinking in society, you can magnify the dialectic. They are absolutely content to sending conservative stories and and stuff about Crowder and, and, uh, and the sarcasm of these different guys and Ben Shapiro and everything. They will send that to all the conservatives, but they will not send some of those things to the liberals. And they will send all the liberal stuff and the socialist stuff to all the liberals and socialists. They know they're not going to convert diehard conservative individuals over to their liberal way of thinking. They know what they don't want is that you wake up some of the, the masses that are in between that are hearing 
one side. They don't want you to wake them up. They are fine with the bubble. They are fine with all of you thinking like, oh, look, we're all thinking this way. Or we're all thinking that way. And that, because that creates the dialectic. Sarcasm is, like I said, not very good at bridging that gap between the two things so that we can actually communicate. They do not want you, you know, it's supposedly a big communication network, Facebook, all these things, you know, social media. They do not want you talking with each other. And that they have ingrained that into the liberal side to shut down free speech. They do not, they have to have that bubble not hearing the whole truth. They do not want the truth getting into that group. They don't care if you have the truth. But the reality is over here on the conservative side, they don't have the whole truth either because they are just as covetous of their neighbor's goods. There are some that don't. They want to roll back this stuff. But they don't understand the gospel because the gospel is actually an about face going the other direction. Actually movement in the other direction. And people are not making that movement. So, without the innocence of Scout, who does not judge either way, just the innocence, Atticus Finch would have been overtaken by that mob and the guy would have been lynched. What evil wants to do is take your innocence away. It doesn't care that you want to judge the rioters. It just wants you to judge. Those writers, rioters, we are to forgive for they know not what they do. It is not good enough to be sarcastic and belittling to those rioters. They are stealing. They are, uh, they are fools. But we are not going to rush and judge and hate them for their foolishness. If if I was a racist, <laughs> you know, I've told this story before when I, uh, on the day Martin Luther, uh, the day after Martin Luther King was assassinated, there were riots all around me. I was in a black neighborhood. That's when I lived on Fillmore and Eddie. And I walked right down the street early in the morning. I think it was a Sunday morning. I was going to go to the zoo and found out it was closed when I walked all the way to the zoo. And if you look on a map, that's a long walk. But I ran into a mob of rioters. I didn't know there was rioting going on. I didn't have a TV or any of those other things. I wasn't plugged into the media. And they they came at me. 200 guys, probably minimum. At least 180 or so guys. Filled the whole street. Big wide street. All the sidewalk for, you know, 20 guys deep. And they all were just looking at, I'm the only white guy on the street. <laughs> I'm the only guy that's not in a mob. And I looked at them. I had no idea what had gone on. And they just, it just is like the Red Sea Party. I was naive, fortunately, as to what was going on, which allowed me to remain innocent and outside of the realms of judgment. When you rush towards judgment, you rush towards your destruction. That's why when everybody rushed towards judgment, in the case of George Floyd's death, they brought destruction. How many people have died from these riots? You're not saving anybody's life. You are promoting racism with your demonstrations. 
You are supporting the lie. You are pushing over statues and you're letting statutes stand that are taking away your freedoms that will bring about the deaths of millions upon millions of people because you are following after the spirit of destruction, which is why you have come to destroy. You have not come to do away. The way you do away with racism is you promote love and forgiveness. But you have come to destroy, to push over statues and think you are virtuous, to destroy stores and businesses and livelihoods and beat women and men on the streets. That is the spirit you are following. That is the spirit you are protecting. Like I said, there are some demonstrators, still, their demonstrating is naivety because the problem does not exist on that page of statues that I put on preparing you. There's a, there's a side column and I have a bunch of videos that shows studies by black men, black men in some of the videos telling you that the claim that the media has that the blacks are being oppressed everywhere and, you know, they're not, they are skewing the statistics in the media. They are lying to you. Maybe it's because they were lied to and they actually believe the lies. It's always good to have some idiot believe the lies you tell them and then they go and tell other people because they sound like they're telling the truth because they actually believe what they're saying. But you will see the truth if you follow the way because there is a renewing of the mind by admitting your failures. You study history to learn the mistakes of individuals in the past so that you do not have to make those mistakes yourselves. But you also have to see yourself as you really are. You have to see the truth about yourself before you can see the truth about the world. And that's what a lot of people don't do is they aren't willing to see the truth about themselves. And the truth is that if you're looking to men who exercise authority one over the other to sustain your life, to provide you with benefits, to give you gifts, gratuities, and benefits, you're not following Christ. You're following the Pharisees. You're following Nimrod. You're following Cain. You are actually participating in a system that is a worker works of iniquity. The protesters out there that give cover to the rioters. That preoccupy the police so they cannot protect the property of other people. Now, really, if we go back to the truth, if we were all Christians, you protesters would be standing in front of those trying to break into the store and stopping them. And the police would back you up. And you would find out that most of the police are your brothers. And any racism that was in the police department would be strangled by the innocence of your love and concern for your fellow man. The racist would be strangled. He would he would leave the police department. I, like I said, I was in the Boy Scouts and when I first entered into the Boy Scouts, we had a scoutmaster who was a lowlife. He would encourage pornography and drinking amongst the Boy Scouts at the camping deals. And there was a lot of bad guys in the scout troop. I was in it for one year. 
And then for some, for some reason, I won't go into the details, I didn't go and meet with the Boy Scouts for an entire summer. When I came back and started up meeting with them again, I found out a lot of things had gone on. One of the things, that Scoutmaster was gone and somebody else was now the Scoutmaster. Whole spirit in the Scout Troop had changed. All those guys who wanted to drink on the campouts and, and, and tell dirty jokes and look at porn and all these other things, they were all gone. That whole thing had changed because one guy changed. The spirit of one guy changed the whole of the group. And this is the thing is that the lukewarm will go either way. But you need to have your allies in the kingdom of God. Which means that's what you have to be seeking. And if there is, if you want to get rid of bigotry in the, what little bigotry there is in the police force, you're not going to get it there by statutes or by riots where you destroy statues. You will get it by love for one another, by standing up for what is right. Same as Atticus Finch, stop the mob from killing the black man in jail. You have to stop the mob from robbing your neighbor. You, you, this will this will live on after you. But if you are cowards, if you let hate control you, if you say, "Oh well, looting is okay," they're just they're just letting out their frustrations. No, they're looting, they're robbing, they're exercising evil. In themselves. And they are bringing destruction upon the whole community. Some, again, a minority in the black community are seeing this. But what do they do? I mean, if you go there and you talk about righteousness at these these uh, demonstrations, you will be shouted down. Now, tell you the truth now. You go out to Prineville. They had demonstrators show up there. They're being bussed around. There's lots of billions of dollars of money that are funding these operations. This is a coordinated operation by design. There are people that are all the way up, uh, even in Europe, that are affecting what's going on in America today. But it is it is the spirit that you need to see. Uh, Barr is going to go after, evidently, some of the criminal elements and try to fix it with his statutes, violation of federal law. But I tell you, the only way to really fix it is with the Spirit of God. It's the only way you can face mobs of hundreds and two hundreds of people and not be torn apart. Is you have to have the innocence of Christ in you. And as soon as you rush to judgment, that is gone. You have left the Holy Spirit behind. You have gone away from it. You need to get at peace. You need to forgive all those unjust people in the past. And the people who have abused you in the past. You need to see that abuse and you need to forgive it. And let it go. Leave judgment to God. This will put on the armor of God. You know, like Iron Man where his armor comes flying in from everywhere. <laughs> and covers him up. That is a symbol of what happens when you truly repent. That you put on the full armor of God. And you will need that. In the days ahead. Because the beast is going about devouring who he wills. So repentance is thinking this other way. That you are not God. 
And I haven't even got to the part where I go show you that the, all the people pushing the statues over, and I say all in a general sense, who think that they're making things better are actually destroyers of freedom and righteousness. They would oppose righteousness. They would, they would send you to the gas chambers. But anyway, the, the buses going around, they went down to Prineville. A bunch of demonstrators got out and were trying to demonstrate. I don't know, maybe a couple hundred. I, I wasn't actually there, but I, I was hearing not detailed reports. But evidently, uh, this is inside, you know, these are the people who are actually watching things behind the scenes. I'm getting posts from all over the country wanting to know what's, if I have contacts in Seattle, yeah, I have contacts in Seattle, yeah, some of that stuff is really going on. But the reality is, is that they showed up and somebody hadn't healed with a rope, cowboy rope, the leader, and dragged him to the bus and they told him, get on the bus, and they drove him out of town. Nobody was hurt, from what I understand. The video isn't showing up on YouTube, but I know somebody who says he can get me a copy, so we'll see if he does. <laughs> anyway, you need to stand for righteousness. Until then, peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.